Hey there friends, welcome back to the Youth of the Nation podcast. Today we do not have a guest. Um, with my Lent of social media, I was unable to secure and lock down a guest. So we don't have one today or this week, but we will have one next week. I can promise you that one. But yeah, this week we will not have a guest. But the music you've been hearing the last couple of weeks is by some guys named Harley. So I want you to go ahead and check out the rest of this song. Uh, and then we'll get back to the episode. But I don't like that brand. We're always fighting. But I want you more than a plan. I wanna be a man. You never felt love could happen again. No. Harley, they're some great people. Man, they're some great guys. Uh, I worked with their singer, Cade, for a long time and also know um, another member, Kimo, really, really well. So they're great guys. Um, I appreciate them. Um, and when I talk to them, they're genuine. So um, that is that is that is Harley. Their Instagram is we are Harley, uh, and they have great music. They're dropping more music. I think they might have even dropped a new song in the last week or so. So who knows? Maybe that one will play in the background. But I want to get into this real quick and some things that we talking about. Uh, first again, I just want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast, listening to the show. Um, and today's gonna be a little a little fun one, a little fun one because these are these are some topics that I was thinking about and I was confused on why I thought of them but I said let's do it anyway so the first topic we have is I, 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 try, I try to dodge it but LeBron James missed the playoffs it's first time since 2015 that LeBron has missed the playoffs uh, it was frustrating it was irritating I'm not happy about it no one should be happy about it Everyone's upset about it, but that being said, not making making the playoffs for let me do a math fourteen years straight is a big deal. But also for fourteen or nine out of those fourteen years, you were in the finals, 
is a big deal. And yes, you only won three, but that's still a lot of times to get there. And so, you know, we always get back to this GOAT conversation and who's the GOAT. Man, it's 1A, 1B, okay? I don't care where you put them. I don't care how you put it. LeBron is going to be my 1A, but if someone were to come up to me and say, this is why I think Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time, I'm not going to argue against it. You know what I'm saying? So I've, I've calmed down in my hatred of Michael Jordan lovers because sometimes they forget about the past and they forget about what how he used to play or the first seven and eight years of his career. But it's okay. We're not worrying about it. Or, you know, the last two years of his career. We just talk about, you know, we just forget about those things. So LeBron missed the playoffs, and I'm not hurt about it. I'm not upset about it. Um, it just does suck that. The playoffs are going to be weird. They're going to be different without LeBron James in them. Because, and you know, all the telev- all the TV networks are just upset about it. Why? Because LeBron brings money in to these people. That's what he does. LeBron brings money to um to the <laughs> to, to the league. Like it's not an accident Le- that LeBron is the greatest um, the greatest player, um, and that he is a great. So I just it, it just needs to be known and needs to be seen that we are going. There's going to be a difference in the playoffs this year. It's just it's just it's just a fact of life. But that being said, uh, another fun topic that, not fun topic, but a topic I've been thinking about is, um, I think I talked about it last week, but the end game. End game is coming out. The tickets drop Tuesday. Uh, it's going to be a big deal. Um, the reason being is because, <laughs> hey, listen, if you ain't coming to the, I got my, I'm going with my boy Jeremy, but if you are not going to that movie with the same mission as me, we're not going to ask questions. We're not going to find out characters. We're not going to pick up storyline. If you are not coming with the mission and the, and the process to say, I'm here at this movie just to be here for this movie. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want none of that. Because there, there can only be one mission when we watch this movie. Only one mission. And the mission has to be that we all agree that we are going to sit down, be quiet, have your popcorn, have a drink, have whatever you want, and we're gonna watch this movie because some things are gonna go down. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be the end of this whole phase of Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. So it's it, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a great movie. Captain Marvel was I. Uh, Avengers: Infinity War was fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed Spider Man. Enjoyed Black Panther. Story was kind of weird to Black Panther, but overall, a great movie. So that that that's the next thing I want to talk about is you have to go into movies with the same mission with somebody. Because if you guys have two different missions, then the movie's just going to be ruined. Right? I've walked in the movies with someone where I walk in, I say, I'm going to get more information about characters from this movie or whatever. Enjoy the movie, right? I've had people who said, hey, man, I'm just here for a fun time and to get away. What? Are you kidding me? Man, I used to go to movies with my dad all the time, and he was that guy, that they were just fun to him. So he would talk the whole movie. It was like it was frustrating because I'm like, bruh, you don't understand. This is everything to me. You paid for this, but that don't mean you get to just talk the whole movie. And that's what he did. He talked literally the whole time for the whole movie. But now I can go to movies by myself. 
um, and with my girlfriend. So I don't have to worry about people all up in my ear saying, hey, this is what this movie is. This is what this movie is. So we need to know and we need to believe. We need to believe that this movie is going to be great. But we have to have the same mission when we go to the movies. We have to have the same mission. Sweet. So LeBron having the same mission in movies. Um, and another topic, I, I don't know. Something I've just been thinking about. It's actually funny because we just went to, as a staff, we had a staff meeting today. And we went to the staff meeting and we went to this place called Arepa. I'm probably saying that wrong. But there was like Venezuelan food. And they had tostones there. And the reason I know what tostones are, or tostones are, is because my family, our girlfriend's family is Puerto Rican. And so they make, her dad makes beautiful, amazing Puerto Rican food. And you know your boy chows down on that. And as I was eating it, we all kind of sat down. And I said, when I walked up to the window, I thought it was a white lady who was serving the food. And I was like, I was out. I was like, nah, can't do it. And then she talked to um, she talked to Eddie, who was in front of me, and then she just started going off. And I was like, "Oh no, nah, she, she she Venezuelan." So it's 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 funny how America sometimes talking about this whole episode's about being woke, right? Uh, I'll be playing a clip from Woke Church, and it's funny how the idea of we sometimes not sometimes, but in America we have people that are not of color sell food that has such a rich history and such a rich meaning and such a rich depth. And when it's made by people from that culture, to me, it's always better. I've never seen a food. Where I'm like, you know what? You made this better than the original culture, right? So I'm just saying we do this all the time with, I mean, all of America does it with Mexican food, right? We tacos and burritos and all these things. And some Mex- Mexicans come up to me and they're like, we don't even make it like this. This is an Americanized version of it. And the, and you know that America got tripping on um, ethnic food when Taco Bell is voted time and time again as like America's favorite Mexican restaurant, and that's not Mexican food. It's just they throw some tacos and some cheese and a microwave bean burrito in there, and they're like, "Hey, it's the best Mexican food." Um, so ethnic food for me, and this is kind of getting towards our bigger conversation. Uh, ethnic food for me is always a big deal. It's always a thing where I'm like, "Yo, we." we I, I need the food made by who made it. If it's Jamaican food, I need a Jamaican to make it. If it's a burger, anyone can make that, right? It's different. But um, if it's ethnic food, um, I would love to have food from that um, from that background. Um, if you learned, I learned a little bit of my 23andMe history, and I'm going to go into that next as well. Um, but knowing my 23andMe history, I want to try the food that's from my history and try the food that my the different cultures that are in me uh, eat and enjoy and the things that they enjoy and the entertainment that they enjoy. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's I think that's huge is, as being in, from a, back, a bunch of different backgrounds, honestly, like a mixing pot of different backgrounds. I want to learn those backgrounds so that I can make those food uh, and that I can make it a part of my culture. But the food is always better. It's always better when it comes from the culture that it was meant, not meant for, but that the culture that it was based and originated out of. That being said, we're going to get into lead well, young leader. Um, this is, it's, it's, it's a race topic. It's, um, I mean, that's honestly what it is, is um, I'll be talking about race and the idea that race is 
taboo in the church? I mean, this is what I've noticed. I mean, I've been in conversations with believers, and they're willing to talk about sin, and they're willing to talk about um, the LGBT community, and they're willing to talk about all these different problems that we see in the church. But then when it comes to the issue of race, we we draw hard lines, we draw hard, draw hard, draw hard, we draw hard division, and we say, essentially, this is a conversation that we are not going to have. And I've had this again, you know, with the what up RG, I said, we have to have these uncomfortable conversations. We have to talk about them. We have to let, we have to be for all kids because all kids come from different backgrounds. See, as I speak about backgrounds, what I realize is that I just learned my background three weeks ago. I mean, I knew that I was a black man and I knew that I was, I knew that I had, I was also from Irish descent and I, like, I knew those things, but I, I actually learned like who I truly was. And so I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the, the background, the, the background of who I am and the breakdown of who I am. And from, I'm 62% Sub-Saharan African, uh, 21% of that is Nigerian, uh, and then 10% of that is Ghanaian, Liberian, and Sierra, Sierra Leonean, I don't know if I'm saying that right, 7.2% uh, Senegambian and Guinean, uh, 5% is Ghanalese, 0.2% is African hunter-gatherer, and the death in the description behind, uh, under that is African hunter-gatherer populations represent some of the most genetically distinct branches in the human family tree. So, you know, 0.2% of me is genetically distinct. Uh, Southern East African, uh, broadly West African, broadly Congolese, and broadly Sub-Saharan African. So, like, that, those, that's my background. That's where I'm from, and I'm Nigerian. I didn't know that. I mean, I knew I was black. I know I was African, but Nigerian is super cool. So uh, I bought a dashiki and I preached in it. And I don't, that's felt, and I felt more of myself was coming out of my preaching because I was able to wear something else for my culture. And then we get into 36% European. Some people think it's, that's crazy because I, some people don't think I'm European, but 15% uh, British and Irish, 7% uh, French and German. 0.4% Spanish and Portuguese, 9% broadly Northwestern European, 1.4% broadly Southern European, and then 3.5% broadly European. And then a 1.2% East Asian and Native American, and then 0.2% South Asian, and then 0.1% Melanesian. Um, so like that's my culture and there's a bunch of different there's a bunch of different things in me but with that 23 and me thing I was able to go in and learn the depths of who I was and and be proud of who I am a proud black man um, but also 36% of me is white is european so also learning that culture as well and learning that society as well and who I am and that's who God made me to be like there's no mistake in any of that there's nothing weird about any of it but that's who God has made me to be so anyway, the, the, the conversation of race, uh, as I think about it, I know that it, it makes some people uncomfortable today. And I remember I was reading this book and it's called Woke Church. And actually, no, my, actually, no, my dude, Eddie was reading the book and he showed me some of the book and I said, I need to read this book. And it's a great book. And Eddie sent me this video the other day about woke, about woke church. So what I want us to do is I'm going to play that clip, and then I'm going to talk on it. 
Um, and then hopefully we can walk away and say, hey, we need to have more decisions or more conversations about race uh, within the church atmosphere and the reason why. And he gives a really great reason why. So go ahead and check out this clip and we'll get back to it. Woke Church comes from Ephesians chapter uh, 5, verse 14. Awake sleeper and rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Really the word woke, we stole it or repurposed it from culture for just what it means to engage the current racial injustice issues among African-Americans in particular. And church, what we're supposed to be because we're supposed to be the wokest people on the planet, which means Christ should shine on us in such a way that our regeneration turns into restoration and transformation and redemption and kingdom impact when it comes to racial injustice. Man, that is fire. He said that we are supposed to be the wokest people on the planet. I've never heard that before. Like that idea has never crossed my mind that we are actually not supposed to be the meek, right? But we're supposed to be the woke. I mean, meek, yes, but the the wokest, we are called to be the wokest people on the planet. When I heard that, man, I wanted to preach a sermon on that. But this is what I realized. We, we go into our churches and we don't know each other's stances on these conversations. It's even something where we say, hey, I'll pray for it. But sometimes there's more than prayer that needs to happen. There's little, I mean, there's little black boys, little black girls, black men who find out that someone was killed in the streets and they want to know why. And they want to know, is it okay? And why isn't there justice? I thought, I thought God was a just God. And, and, and then when people kill people in the streets, it, there's no justice happening. See, this conversation of race in the church I love what he says there. It, it, it's not an optional conversation, but we are actually called to engage the culture. We are called to engage the culture. And so many times we, we act like it's an option, but it's not. See, he says the scripture from Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5.14 was awake sleeper and rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. That is so good. See, look, Christ shines on us so that we are able to offer restoration, transformation, redemption, and kingdom impact when it comes to injustice. See, kingdom impact is when everything changes. Everything is made new. See, when Jesus comes back, when he brings the kingdom of God fully on earth, things are going to be made new. Things are going to change. Diseases are going to go away. Sickness is going to go away. All of these things are going to go away. But right now, what we are called to do is make sure that people know about the injustice or if they have injustice, we can talk about them and share about the kingdom impact that is coming and also hear people's emotions and thoughts right now. And what I understand is that some of these conversations can be toxic, they can be uncomfortable, and sometimes we feel like we just have to get all the way in. But I believe there's no way to go only ankle deep when having these conversations. But we are called to actually go all the way in, all the way into these conversations. 
see so often the church is based on relationship just like it's like high school to me sometimes it's based on relationships because of proximity so this person's close to me this person's next to me so i now have to have a relationship with this person because this is what my bible tells me to do or this is what my pastor tells me to do but what if we had conversations what if we had relationships that were based on each other's differences and on each other's similarities right like man you are a beautiful strong proud and enter blank here and then also hey but you know what hey we're all made by the father we are all made by the father we can't ignore we can't ignore um each other um and our racial differences right we can't say man i just don't see race no you do no i just don't see color we just we can just i, I was watching this video and it said we can just act like we're all the same no god made us all different for a reason God made us with different purposes and different calls and different, all of these different things for a reason. He didn't do it so we could just be like somebody else. He did it so we could be based by a reason. That's that's why. So we can't look at these and say, well, hey, we all have differences, but man, we really got to look at each other and say, man, we're all the same. We're not our plights are not the same. Our struggles are not the same. Our cultures are not the same. I mean, I talked about it earlier. Our food is not the same. Again, this is me giving a 10 to 15 minute conversation about these race issues. But when I've seen the church, when I've seen people killed, innocent, right? Innocent and unarmed teenagers, right? And when I see the country react and say prayers, no, there has to be more. There has to be conversation. And a lot of churches, we just don't even talk about them. Because maybe maybe we feel like we don't have to. Maybe we feel like it's not our, our duty to. But I was, I'm, I was reading this article by Shul Baraka, and he said his church reacted differently to that problem. And that they were offered a space to cry, to vent, to be angry, and to argue about the state of the country. And that's where peace, that's where reconciliation, right? That's where that, I love that word, reconciliation comes. When we are able to look at our issues as a country, or as a people, and say, let's fix them, but together. Oh, you're hurt, let's talk about it. Let's go. You can't just say, oh, the issue's done, God got it handled. There's, there's more to that. God does have it handled. But there is evil, evil sin on this earth. And evil, evil things that have happened on this earth. Right? I, I, I learned from my culture, right? My, my European side, they're able to track to where my ancestors are from. Because they were never taken from anywhere. See, but when I look at to my, my sub-Saharan African side of me, I look and they say, it's hard for us to track your ancestors because of the West African or the African slave trade. That hurts. And I was able to text a dude named Pablo and we were able to talk and say, well, man, I have the struggle literally inside of me. And then we were able to have conversations. But in these conversations, 
on either side. May we be slow to speak and quick to listen. Not, okay, well, fine, yeah, but hey, man, what if he did have a gun? You got to think about their life. You got to think about this. Nah, I, I'm done with that. Quick to listen. And not, we're listening, but we already have our opinion formed. No, we're listening and allowing new ideas, new perspectives to come into our hearts. Bottom line, we are called to be the wokest people on the dang planet. But when we hide from these conversations, and maybe it's not on purpose, but sometimes it seems like it. And we don't look at everyone, right? If there's a shooting, if there's something happening, we have to look at our whole community and say, who could be affected by this and how can we help? It's engaging with culture and knowing our culture. And man, when I learn my culture, I'm able to embrace myself in a deeper, to me, more meaningful way than ever before. So, as a, <laughs> as every single person, as millennial or Gen Z or X, whatever you want to call it, would say, stay woke, stay woke, and remember that as we walk these conversations, may we be slow to speak and quick to listen. Quick to listen. Amen. Amen. Hey, I just want to thank y'all for listening to a 20-year-old have a conversation about um, us being the wokest people on the planet. We will have a guest next week. I wasn't able to get to it because of the craziness, but I guess we'll be coming on next week. Um, but hey, thank you so much for listening to the Youth of the Nation podcast. I'll see y'all next week. Peace.